0: God showed me when people are underreacting and blowing me off or they're overreacting to me or to other people, they're not out to get me. Now, maybe the guy on my tail was out to get me, but here's what the deal is. They are simply operating out of their woundedness. When somebody blows you off or somebody overreacts, most of the time they are not out to get me, but we kind of take it that way, don't we? We, We're so defensive, but they're simply operating out of their woundedness. So it's important to know this part of yourself, not so that you can find excuses, but so you can be free and grow into the person that God created you to be. You can build the heart of a lion with a strong mind and spirit because a lion's natural state is one of safety through courage, strength, and power. Hi, I'm the shepherd and pastor, Dr. Matt Hook. And I'm the shrink, Dr. Marty Fletcher. This is the show where theology meets psychology or mental health meets spirituality. Welcome to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Matt Hook, the Shepherd, and I am so excited to bring you this latest episode of the Shepherd and the Shrink and wanted to share with you kind of an insight that I've had over the last couple of weeks, and I couldn't figure out why I was in this cycle. I'm just going to dive right into it. And I don't even like conflict. I'm a terrible arguer. And yet I realized I was kind of getting caught up in conflict and arguing a lot. And this dates me, but you may remember the song that Karen Carpenter sang. We go on hurting each other. Gotta stop hurting each other. Making each other cry. Tearing each other apart. And I didn't know why. Like she sings better than that. But it was like this, God kind of like opened my eyes to something. When the people that I care about are underreacting, they're blowing off what's important to me. Or sometimes when they're overreacting, whether it's to me or to somebody else, like my kids, God gave me this insight. Those people are not out to get me. People are not out to get me. That was this amazing revelation that I had. And not only that, but there's a second part to it. When people are annoying you, I was driving to work. I have a whole five minutes commute and a car didn't realize how fast this car was coming up behind me. It was some younger guy, a man, but younger. And he was riding my tail and I drive a big pickup. And so I was fine with that. Didn't know if I should wave at him or not wave at him. But he was riding my bumper, and the great thing was there was a car right in front of me. I wasn't tailgating, but right in front of me, going like three miles under the speed limit. So it's not like I could even like move it along. And he was getting more and more pissy at me, and and I kind of couldn't believe it as he's like winding up his finger and giving me the finger and saying things that I couldn't lip read, which is probably a good thing. And I just couldn't believe it. It's guess it's been a while, but. It's this, God showed me when people are underreacting and blowing me off, or they're overreacting to me or to other people, they're not out to get me. Now, maybe the guy on my tail was out to get me, but here's what the deal is. They are simply operating out of their woundedness. When somebody blows you off or somebody overreacts, most of the time they are not out to get me, but we kind of take it that way, don't we? we we're so defensive but they're simply operating out of their woundedness. And the truth is Jesus called me to be patient and kind in my love. And that's how I want to live. I want to live out of love. I want to live in love and out of love. I don't want to go. And it really ties in with the famous verses that a lot of people read at their weddings from 1 Corinthians 13, which says love is patient. Love is kind. And then it says what love is not. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's where it stops in some weddings. But I like the weddings that read the whole thing. Uh, the whole of first Corinthians chapter 13, where there are prophecies, they will cease, where there are tongues, they will be stilled, where there's knowledge, it will pass away. For we know only in part, we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. Then it has this famous line in the middle of it. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror, but then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. And you know this part, but the greatest of these is love. And that's what we're called to. That's what we're called to as people who love God, as people who wanna care about people, to be patient and kind, not jealous and boastful or arrogant and rude. And I would say as a pastor, Jesus has called me to be patient and kind in my love. And when the people around me make that difficult, maybe it's because they're a part of their past when they were little that I don't know about is a part of their past in which they were wounded. And that wound is still living in them in the present. Can't you see it? When I discovered this, God like, gave me eyes to see that person's wounded Hidden child. And my love for them was restored. Even when the tempers weren't and the situations weren't yet, even when this person was driving me crazy, I wanted to help free them from whatever it was that damaged them, from whatever it was that was still clinging to them that they were clinging to, whether they knew it or not. And I wanted to see him restored. I wanted them to be able to put those old hurts, those damaged emotions away. And I wanted to help each of us who are part of this podcast do away with childish things. And so I just got to warn you, though, if you're going to try this at home, in the midst of an argument with your wife, in the heat of the moment, I don't recommend telling her that the only reason they're acting this way or saying that is because they're operating out of their woundedness. Uh, I said that to my wife, Lee, once she didn't dig it. And your spouse won't dig it either. It just doesn't go over very big in the moment. Let me repeat that verse from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 9 through 11. The part we skip over a lot. We know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will be done away. When I was a child, I used to speak as a child, think as a child, and reason as a child. When I became an adult, I did away with childish things. One of the old jokes when our kids were growing up, my wife Lee would joke with people, it's like she's got five children meaning Hunter, Jillian, Graham, Joy, and me. And I used to think that as you became an adult, your childish ways would gradually fall away. New adult patterns would take their place, but that's not true. Childish things don't simply fall away by themselves like dead leaves off of a tree. David Siemens writes about this. We have to put them away. The Greek word for putting away these childish things that don't just fall off us is katargio. Katargio. We have to catargeo them to be finished with, in this case, childish things. It means even to destroy them. And there's a book that I recommend that's out of print called Putting Away Childish Things by Dr. David Siemens. He was a professor at Asbury Seminary. Truth is, somewhere, sometime, you were a child. And although you don't remember all the details, the child or the teenager that you once were is still important to you today. Because it continues to exist within you. The patterns continue to exist within you. The hidden child of your past is very much alive and affects everything that you do, for good or for bad. William Wordsworth, the poet, was right when he wrote this the child is the father of the man. We simply can't cut ourselves off from our own history. Each of us is a complex web woven with a million strands, some of which go back to being made in the image of Adam and Eve, some which go back even further, being made in the image of God. But many of the most important threads in this complex design of who you are were introduced in your childhood, especially as you related it to your family. I posted kind of a cute video from the Andy Griffith show about Andy not letting Opie decide something because he was too young. You wouldn't believe the variety of comments that I've received or that people simply posted. Lots of, yeah, yeah, that's right. Amen. We got to do that. But then also some people that said, I want my child to explore. And it really was more about parenting than putting away our wounded child. But one of the people said, the child is simply in survival mode based on what's going on in the lives of the adults around them, even when they're babies and little that they don't even understand. These millions of strands in this complex design of who you are were introduced in your childhood, especially as it relates to your family. Funny, today we kind of idolize childhood as a good thing. The comic books, the superheroes, the little kids movies, the fantasy stuff. We idolize childhood as a good thing. For good or bad, you can't cut yourself off from your own history. Many of your most important pathways began in childhood. When it's good, it's good. But when it's bad, it's really bad. Like that nursery rhyme there was a little girl who had a little curl right in the middle of her forehead when she was good she was very very good but when she was bad she was horrid when it's bad it's really bad in some people the child thrives sometimes there's a crying screaming bawling brawling sprawling character you've seen those kind of adults haven't you there seem to be a few more around lately than there may have once been or i'm just noticing it more that's one version of the child. In other people, the inner child is so timid and fearful and defeated. It's like they're hiding behind the furniture. That no matter how much you want to, you can't just force yourself to make friends or to speak up or handle responsibility if that's you. And many of us struggle with both. So it's important to know this part of yourself, not so that you can find excuses, but so you can be free and grow into the person that God created you to be. You know, before there was original sin, there was original righteousness that got marred when people broke away from God, and we inherited that in our births. So our childish views of ourselves, our childish views about God, our childish views about love, what it's supposed to be, or marriage, even our childish views of spiritual stuff like prayer and our childish views of of ourselves, they can defeat us. And so Today, I just want to help you name some of what that could be, so that we can see how much we are operating out of our woundedness, and how much of our childish patterns and thoughts inhibit our mature spiritual growth. That's the goal of this podcast. It's to explore psychology, it's to explore theology, it's to explore scripture and faith and science, and see how it really comes together, so that we could be transformed, and we could grow so that we can become more responsible and more mature in our walks through life, putting away the inner child so that I could speak like a man or a woman. So as each of us discover our inner child, we can, that Greek word again, from 1 Corinthians 13, tucked in the middle there, katargio, that inner child. Break the pattern, render them inoperative, so that you and I will be free to grow up in Christ in every way and especially into the perfect love, which is our inheritance when we put our faith in him. I trust that you believe that's possible. So as you look at yourself heads up, whether you're the overreactor or you're the underreactor, check and see if your current situation is what you're reacting to, or if it's some the hidden child in you that's reacting in a childish way that comes from some long past event or relationship or pattern. That's what I mean when I say, See if you are operating out of your woundedness, or if you're with somebody who's operating out of their woundedness. If that doesn't just open your heart to them in a new way. So thus, we're not reacting or growing in maturity, but we're really living our lives out of some old habit or broken pattern. And if you're a person who responds to situations way out of proportion to the event, you'd better suspect the little child within you is acting up. The place where some people see the childish ways is in marriage. When it comes to childish views of marriage, I want to point out a big mistake we make. We think two people get married. We say the two shall become one, which is fine. But the trouble is oftentimes in a wedding, there's four people who get married. There are the two adults and there are the two children of the past that live in each of those adults. And if there's four people running things. You can imagine it gets pretty crowded around the house. Marriage works well when the two adults are running things, but at home where we relax, let our guards down, get casual, let ourselves go, those childish children in the past slip in, they can run the house. And when things get really interesting in the areas of money or sex or affection or discipline of the children, check and see who's running the house. Here's the thing, it's kind of amusing. It's a cool concept, but the tragedy is it keeps us from being free. Truth is life is hard enough as it is when you're fully equipped and when you're mature and living out what being an adult looks like and when you're growing, but following our childish ways binds us to our past. It chains us to our childhood reactions. We're not free to love or to bring newness to our homes into our relationships with people. We never really act, we just react. And I think that's what God was trying to say through the Apostle Paul when he wrote this letter to the Christ followers in Corinth. This perfect love which leads to maturity, casts out fear, brings creativity and newness. But in the middle of that love chapter, Paul's saying something like this, you can't find this love until there is a catargio. Until the child is junk is dealt with and put away. Now, because scripture shows us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and yes, forever. He is beyond time and he can help us deal with our pasts, our present, and our futures. And his Holy Spirit will work in this area of your life if you give him a chance. If you break down your pride and face yourself honestly, that's good news. And today that means God wants to help you break the childish behavior, which continually defeats you. It's not easy. God doesn't want us to continue and defeat. He wants us to live out the way he originally made us, the vision that he has for our lives. He wants to give you and me healing and wholeness, cleansing, victory by the power of his Holy Spirit. He wants us to put away childish things and to grow up in him in every way. You know, as you think about your life this week, what if you were to ask God in in praying and simply say, Lord, give me a sixth sense, and that's an awareness of your reactions. Give me a sixth sense, taste, touch, sight, smell, feeling, hearing. The sixth sense is an awareness of my reactions. As you think about what you're facing this moment or what happened two hours ago, are you reacting to just that situation? Are you reacting to today or are you reacting to some childish wound or some past incident? I would love to make a pact here right now, P-A-C-T, pact, put away childish things. Imagine what would happen in your life if some aspect of your life that's been a headache for you or a quiet pursuit of you imagine that being out of your life jealousy fear childish jealousy childish fear childish understanding of what relationships are supposed to be like imagine if we lived in our homes and our relationships free of childish ways Imagine the flashes of understanding as you see yourself and you see your loved ones with God's love, even when they're operating out of their woundedness, and you are the one loving them through it. That would be my prayer for all of our listeners, is to look out at and live First Corinthians 13 with me this week and begin to see God free you up for life and for living today. What do you think, when you look around your community, what do you think would change your community more than a strong number of of Christ followers who are seeking the truth, who've put away childish ways in order to live for today? There is so much life to be lived today without having to live out all the junk that you've already been through. Let us pray. Almighty God, blessed Holy Spirit, Lord, we open ourselves up to you. From now on, we will not hide like little children behind the furniture in our hearts. Lord, but we will come out into the open that you might show us ourselves. Lord, shine your light. Reveal in us, reveal to us our own woundedness. Free us from the chains that bind us to childish, immature ways or to broken memories. Allow us the grace of your forgiveness, the grace of your leadership in our lives. And prepare us for this wholeness as we cat our all the other stuff from our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Shepherd and the Shrink podcast. You can check out the show notes from this episode, get free resources, discover more about our work, and all the ways to subscribe so you never miss an episode of the show. Head over to DrMartinFletcher.com.